0: Hello, coders. Welcome to episode 167 of the How to Code Well podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about React and, in my opinion, one of React's killer features. Before we get into that though, let's talk about the changelog, what I've been getting up to in the evenings and weekends. And I have been plagued, unfortunately, by a bunch of bugs regarding the staging deployment of the housecodewell.net platform. And these are bugs where it's just environmental problems or problems with caching or problems with the pipelines. So unfortunately, I haven't really progressed much with the staging deployment because I've been putting out various fires. Um, What I have done, however, is upgraded a lot of PHP packages and um, I'm actually sort of getting into gear into getting the Symfony. Stuff upgraded. So I would love to get to Symphony 6. However, what I'm going to do is just get everything onto as many LTS versions as possible before I push this up, before it's pro- production ready. So we're on Symphony 5.3 at the minute, and I want to get this to Symphony 5.4. So that's what we'll be doing next on stream. I also managed to play around, find a bit of time to play around with the API platform. I did this last weekend, and the API platform is is really impressive. I have a link in the show notes below about a tutorial uh, that I was using, following a tutorial that I was using regarding Symfony and the API platform. The API or an API is something that I would love to put around the how to code well uh, back end and then find ways to decouple the CMS and the front end together. And also I would love to have... Um, a mobile application as well, which would hook into those APIs. So before we get into any of that stuff, I need to work out how to actually create an API. And I know we've done APIs before um, on on the streams, but I think the API platform as a a package is actually quite a good good thing to use compared to the other things that I've played with previously. So anyway, I've got a link in the show notes below regarding that. It's from digitalfortress.tech. Okay, so talking about links, there are a number of links that I wouldn't mind uh, sharing with you on this episode. So, the second one is sessions in symphony in the symphony database. So, one of the problems that I've faced with the Kubernetes uh, uh staging deployment stuff with what I've got at the minute is the fact that sessions are stored in files and they that's just not going to that's not, just not going to end well when you have multiple servers in a cluster. So what you kind of need to have is a sort of a centralized place to store all the sessions and then share the sessions amongst the servers that you're using. And this this, uh, this article here on the symphony.com site um, goes through like a tutorial as to how to build Uh, or use databases. There's also one in there for Redis and MongoDB, Uh, how to use those things to store sessions and then share those amongst the resources that need those to make your application run. So that's something that I need to definitely do. I've also got a link in here about Composer and why, um, sorry, and what's new in Composer 2.4. So I won't go through the whole thing because it's a, you know, it's a lengthy amount of features in here, but we've got things like uh, Composer bump. We've got Composer audit. There's also a a nice thing in here uh, regarding suggestions as to where to put the packages when you're um, installing them. So whether they're going to be in, say, the required, um, the, the, The dependencies, you know, the the required dev dependencies. Sorry, uh, compared to the root dependencies. So that's pretty good. I haven't personally played with this myself, um, but when I do, I'll I'll let everybody know uh, and my thoughts, uh, and and uh, let you know how how things go. There's other things in here, security stuff. I'll I'll just put the link down so you can actually see it. I was also um, I was also asked a question on Twitter by Alex. So. Alex writes in and asks a question regarding the Discord bot. I mentioned this in one of the previous streams. And Alex asks whether I've got a tutorial on this whether I've built this uh, sort of on stream, I have. I built this on stream. It's in one of my old Twitch uh, vods. It would probably be in the How to Cope Well archive. If you look on the How to Cope Well, so if you go to YouTube and search for How to Cope Well archive, it might be in one of those videos as to how I set this up. However, it is open source, and I have a link. I've put that in the show notes too to this. So you can actually see how it's being created and also um, if you've got any suggestions for improvements. So at the moment, the Discord bot, it's running in a Docker container. And what it does is it listens to messages and then it fires commands based on a pattern. And so we've got the basic stuff in there, such as like uh, rolling of a dice, asking questions. It also looks for things like the suggested suggestion flag, as well as um, the schedule. So if you want to find out schedules for when, when things are upcoming in howtocodewell.net world, then you can run that command too on the Discord server. It's not always running all of the time uh, because, you know, it's, it's just not run because of a financial reason, I suppose. But when it does, you can then access those kind of things. There's one last link before we get into the React stuff, and that is from Rachel Andrew on web.dev. If I was to just bring that up, I should have got that on the stream here. Here we go. So this is an article about the new platform stuff, the new stuff that's in the web platform in June. So I know we're in July, we're we're at the end of it, but this has has, uh, only recently come across my eyes. And looking through this list, there is a ton of new stuff, new toys that one could use with these new browsers. So it it starts off by saying Chrome 103 and Firefox 102 have become stable releases. And then it talks about and mentions the new APIs and the things that are included. So for example, again, I won't go through the whole thing. I've got the link in the show notes below, but for instance, there is the transform streams and uh, readable byte streams. There's also access local locally installed fonts, which I think is going to be pretty awesome. Um, there's the update media feature as well. And also this thing that's, that has just <laughs> come through, which I think is awesome, a new HTTP status code, which is 103. 103 is early hints. So I'll just I'll just talk about this for a second. So Chrome 103 adds a new status code, HTTP 103, early hints. If a server or CDN knows that a certain set of sub resources is required to load a page, it can advise the browser to pre-connect to origins or even preload resources as the page that requires them comes in. So this is going to help with performance and speed which is all good things. And then there is a a part on this about beta browsers. So things that are coming down the line, which is pretty exciting as well. And one of this is the new syntax range for media queries as well. So yeah, go through this. There's there's more to this. So I've put a, a link in the show notes down below. Let's talk a little bit about React, shall we? And why I think React has a killer feature, a feature that I believe not a lot of people know about, or maybe the wrong set of people n- don't know about perhaps, right? So this is to do with components. Obviously React is to do with components. That's that's the whole gist of React, React components, sure. But when I was playing around with the API platform, I was thinking, well, where where would I lo- like the, this to go? What would I want this API to, to be used for? So obviously, I want to decouple the content management system, and obviously, I want to decouple the front end. That's a given. That it that will be happening at some point in, you know, in the coming years. And then after that, what I would love to do is create a a web sort of not a not a web a mobile application a, a specific application that is on uh, iOS and Android that has been created specifically for those sort of, um, those platforms that ingest the data from the API. Okay. So now we have two web applications. We've got the front end, we've got the CMS, and we've also got the web, um, sorry, the mobile apps, right. And also the tablet apps. Okay, so that, that you could be talking about, you know, three or four different sort of things that people can can access. I can only access the CMS, but you you know what I mean. So there's there's three separate interfaces, right? So how does one go about creating components or the the visuals, the the UI? How does one go about doing that in a means that is going to be um, easy to develop going forward it's flexible enough and it's extendable enough and of course i've been thinking about and playing with things like Vue and angular however in the previous life i have also been working on react and i came across this interesting article by uh, log rocket and this is about sharing code with react native from react hmm this is very interesting to me because obviously it's just me building this, right? It's only me. I don't have a team of people doing this. So wouldn't that be brilliant to have, be able to create a a series of components that are shared, not only with, say, the content management system and the front end that obviously change the way things look and uh, and, and sort of, you know, manifest themselves based on the context that they are used in, perhaps, but also mobile applications that can be ran on, say, iOS and Android. Imagine if you will, you could have a component specifically for the header of how to code well, which changes if you're in the CMS, which changes if you're on the front end and can also be installed and reacts differently on the mobile hmm this sounds very good so the i saw a talk once where someone the speaker was saying look if you've got a a team of people you want to make sure and they're all doing very different things but they're all working on the the same project the best way to get everyone involved is by having a a very strict defined way sorry, strict set of technologies and you don't veer from those technologies. That means that you're not sort of polluting the pool of skills, right? And, and, And lots of people can do sort of the same thing or different things, but in different contexts. So you could have your mobile developer working on the front end and the mobile developer could also be working in the CMS world. For me, that's brilliant because I am the only dev on this project right now. So if I'm thinking, say, five years time where we may have, say, a mobile application, then I could be using the same code in that that I use in, say, the content management system or even the front end. That to me is extremely appealing. So the fact that React can you can create components in React and share them to uh, React Native as well as to... Just normal React is incredibly, incredibly appealing. So this will reduce code size, right? This will reduce the ability, the the the, the amount of code that you need to write because you only need to write the component once and then have it adapt for the environments that the component is in, right? So theoretically, you're reducing the amount of of fluff that goes around the code. So therefore, the code base gets reduced. Um, You're reducing the specialized skill sets. So you're saying, okay, I'm putting my flag down and saying, right, I'm going to build everything in React, everything, front end, back end, we're going to build the mobile stuff in React. That means that everybody on the team, I, I know it's just me, but let's just say this was a bigger team. Everyone on the team needs to be specialized in React. Doesn't matter if they're specialised in a view. Doesn't matter if they're not specialised in view or Angular or anything like that. As long as they have a React skill skill base, then that is good. Which goes back to that talk that I went to see, where people were saying you've got to sort of condense that. The speaker was saying condense the amount of skills needed to do the thing, um, and that way you can share knowledge and share skills across different teams. Okay. So it helps to create boundaries for both mobile and web applications. So you're going to have to, at some point, I'm going to have to say, this is a, a component specifically for the content management system. And this is a component specifically for a mobile application. And then maybe, maybe I can sort of genericize the components so they actually can work um, together so both the CMS and and the front end and then just inject certain variables or parameters that um, so they become aware of where they're being used and then they change their behavior or maybe their look and feel based on those parameters that have been injected, the environment. Um, okay, so it unifies the code base. So I don't have to worry about having all sorts of different build tools. Like for example, if I was to build... If I was to do uh, the mobile application, for instance, in say, I don't know, Flutter, right? I would need to, first of all, I would need to learn Dart, right? Then I would need to learn Flutter. Then I would need to have the specific build tools around those things to do the thing that I want to do, right? Also, let's say at the same time, I decided to build the API platform stuff in Python, right? So the API server is now in Python. Let's say, for example, the front end is built in Symfony as it currently is. And then let's say the CMS I want to build in Django. I mean, that is just a mess, a spaghetti code of skills that I need to keep updated and level up just to do the thing that could be simplified and unified in React, which is awesome. You become, this is where you're starting to niche down starting to niche down. Okay. So there's also this thing where this benefits non-technical devs. And I think this is like the crux of the killer feature here. It reduces the pressure on the HR department for finding other skill sets, right? So if you can just have an application that says, we need React, and we also need a couple of these skills as well, And you can have a choice between whether you're a mobile dev, a CMS dev, a front end dev, an API person or what have you. You know, that just reduces the amount of pressure that the HR department or whoever is doing the hiring, right? Whoever is doing the hiring has to do to find out and get these specific skill sets. So I think this is brilliant. And again, I think I've sort of alluded to this a little bit. It makes more of a sort of a T-shaped organization, which means that your CMS guy or girl can jump from working on the CMS to working on a mobile app or working on the front end, Um, which means that you you can change context, share knowledge. You can, you know, it becomes more unified. It becomes more flat. As an organization, there's no kind of like, you know, we do this, we build the react components in this kind of way, or we build react components in this kind of way. If it's on the CMS, you can share those things. It becomes more of a collaborative experience, I believe. So massive caveat to all of this. I haven't done any of this yet right so obviously I've, I've i've certainly worked on react stuff before definitely but i haven't built any react native stuff before that's a lie i've done one app but it was kind of like one of these noddy apps that i just wanted to have a play with um so i haven't i haven't done anything in the wild let's say to do with react and react native sharing components together so I could be completely wrong and I could be eating my words when I when I do attempt this. And I will be attempting this at some point. This sounds this when I read this blog post, I was a light bulb went off. I was like, wow, this is what we need. This is what I need to to be able to create code that I can share across various different platforms. It's only me writing it, so I don't want to be context switching or or learning different technologies if I can just write one thing, right? And then have them in different, different environments. That's a win. That's a win. However, like I said, caveat, I haven't done this yet. I could be completely eating my words. And if, when I do, I will certainly be reporting back and apologizing. <laughs> okay. So that's, that's, that's the React killer. The fact that it, you can share components from React and React Native together. I hope you're having a great week keep out of the sun. If you're getting too hot, stay cool, chill out, and I will see you again soon. Happy coding, everyone. Take care. Cheers. Bye.